Hello, Thomas Abraham James, uh, President and CEO of Pulsar Helium Inc., list, listed on the TSXV. And uh, we are, as the name suggests, a, a primary helium exploration and development company with assets in Minnesota and Greenland. Thomas, good to see you again. Uh, when I last spoke to you, you were just about to do the listing. You were trying to raise some money. Um, how was that process? Um, and surely it's really easy to raise money in these markets, which is just throwing money at the junior sector, or perhaps not. Wonderful to see you as always, Merlin. And uh, look, the, uh, the the process, when we listed, uh, we, we achieved that in mid-August, uh, August 15th. And so uh, at the time, we were the... Uh, the only IPO on the TSXV for that point in time to in 2023. So it really does highlight, uh, I guess, how difficult the capital markets have been. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like to think that we've done something right. Uh, we, we went out uh, to raise 3 million. We got to 3.1, uh, so Canadian. Uh, so that was successful. And uh, now we've been uh, listed for a couple of months. And uh, really for us, it's getting on with the work program, uh, we just put out a release yesterday. So uh, with any luck, you know, albeit with these capital markets, we're going to go out and do as we've said, uh, implement the plan. And uh, and I think that that uh, should be sufficient to uh, see the company move forward. Uh, you say you went to you went to raise three. Um, I thought you actually were trying to raise between three and six. And so in a sense, you've kind of you just got over the line, um, which is, I mean, it's better than not getting over the line. But does that leave you with enough funds to kind of um, go as far as you want to go? Yeah, look, it's, uh, we went out uh, for a minimum of three, maximum of six. And uh, really the, the difference between the two is what can we achieve with this uh, upcoming appraisal drilling program uh, at our project in Minnesota? So, so, so really the, the difference between the two being, okay, we go out, we, we uh, drill the appraisal well, we then get all the testing and so on, confirm the characteristics of the reservoir, However, the, the largest sum of money, uh, which, uh, you know, what that could have achieved is to, to have it so that not only is it appraisal well, but then also it could be used for production as well. So really, that's, uh, that's what the difference in the cash was. Of course, uh, it would have been great to have taken in more, but given the, uh, the capital markets that we're experiencing and have now for a little while, uh, I'm, I'm really proud of the team um, to be able to, to be that only IPO on the TSX fee. So... I think we must be doing something right. So whilst it's not a, you know, it's a, the perfect outcome, it's still sufficient for our for objectives. And um, I saw in late September you've signed a um, drill contract. Uh, you've got a target spud date of early December, uh, the, the 10th of December thereabouts. Um, it's a contract for one well and... Uh, are you calling them wells or drill holes? Um, um, wells. Uh, anyway... Uh, so, so there's one well with the option for a second, but obviously that second one would be contingent on a, uh, a top-up raise. So it would be the, the uh, am I right in thinking that you get the first one and if it's successful, then you'd raise some more money, which would enable you to do the appraisal and the second well. That's correct, yes. And is the appraisal a second well or is that a kind of a workover on the existing well? Uh, it's a second one. Uh, so, so it's going to be drilled within 20 meters. Uh, so uh, with that one, uh, I, I, yeah, it would be right next door. Uh, the, the original discovery drill hole is not one that we can re-enter again. Uh, we also have gone out and we've acquired some additional data as well. So we have the, the gravity data, the gravity gradiometry. Uh, we've just concluded the seismic survey as well. So whilst we have that data, I don't anticipate that it will change the, the color position for that well very much. But uh, it, it may well help to fight tune it. 
but also post uh, drilling of the appraisal well, it would certainly then help to, uh, that geophysical data will help to constrain uh, the area of interest to the, the reservoir. Sorry, I'm just going to, um, just for my own um, clarity, yeah. The when you talk about the appraisal well, is, that, is this the well that you're about to be drilling? Um, so, yes, so that's you've, right. got, you've got a historic well, and you're putting in an, a, a kind of a uh, a new well, but we are calling that the appraisal well. That's right. Yes. And then, uh, if that is successful, then what happens? Then what happens? What we go off is we we use a, a group called Sprawl uh, that they'll go off and then do an update to our to our resource based on that new data. Uh, and then uh, should all that look as we, we certainly hope and believe it will, then the next step, step would then be to go and do economic studies to find out, okay, what could this resource, uh, what type of production scenario could this resource uh, really entertain? And again, for clarity, uh, by calling it a well um, and not calling it a drill hole, uh, there comes with that association with an oil and gas well or a gas well in this case, uh, that there's a whole set of infrastructure associated with that well, which is completely different to classical kind of mining or kind of geology drill drill hole or kind of um, the hard rock drill drill hole, uh, and that infrastructure is about capturing and measuring and understanding and being able to re-enter. And can you just kind of tell me a bit about what that drill hole, sorry, what the well entails? Yeah, sure. So, so for for a say for a production scenario, you, you'd have the casing left down there. Uh, you would then installed its surface. You, you would have like a, a Christmas tree, a wellhead there with a, a series of valves uh, on it. Uh, in terms of the the testing that we'd be looking at, is that you'd be looking at pressure testing. You'd be looking at flow rate testing. Uh, you'd then be looking at getting gas samples, which will collect in real time uh, as well, saying, okay, what is the concentration of gas coming through? Uh, leave it open for a while to see what is the uh, is there any depreciation there in the, in the flow rate. Uh, so that's the style of testing that we'll be looking at conducting. Uh, then, um, yeah, with that coupled then with the, the geophysics, which would then hopefully be mapping out uh, the area of interest, so the, the target depths, and then seeing what features we see in the geophysics there, what is the, uh, the reservoir structure, uh, all that combined would then go into the, the resource analysis. Okay, so one of the key objectives is to uh, recalibrate and redefine your your resource um, with the gas that comes off. Do you do the equivalent of flaring it, or do you capture it? No, we'd be capturing it. So what we'd have is that we'd have a mud tank system there, so it'd be a closed system. So it's not going to look that spectacular. It's not going to be like one of these old sort of you know Western geysers with all the in, instead of the, the you know the black gold coming out. Instead of that, we you know the, the gas won't be visible. So what happened is you'll have a fluid system there which will equilibrate uh, the, the pressure of the gas coming out uh, so that we won't have that venting occurring. So it will be a, a, a closed system. So it's not going to look spectacular, but we'll get the data. And will you get a, um, any gas that you can I mean, that you can sell or is, is that just kind of much later in the process? That, that'll be a bit later in the process. So we'd need to go through an, an initial processing stage so what we're looking at is the uh, the possibility. So based on all, all this being successful, is that uh, then uh, you know, the, the gas is not, uh, it's a primary helium system that we're looking at. So we're not looking at capturing hydrocarbons, other gases. So the actual processing route is relatively straightforward for, uh, for producing gaseous helium. Um, so what we'd look at would be you know, p the potential of in initial gaseous helium sales. 
uh, for which in actually in Minnesota there's a lot of end users for that. Uh, and then in the meantime, should the resource justify it, then look at the, the larger plant build, which would be for the, the high-value liquid helium, which would take a, a longer time uh, to, uh, to fabricate and implement. What's the difference in price between gaseous uh, helium and or gaseous helium and uh, liquefied helium? Uh, so the gaseous, you're looking at about, so there was, there was an offtake agreement not so long ago where it was $625 for a, per thousand cubic feet. Uh, for liquid helium, uh, latest contracts are going for in excess of $1,000, uh, with the spot market being even higher than that again. Uh, so to put that in, in context, uh, natural gas futures contracts at the moment are roughly about $4 for 1,000 cubic feet. So 250 times, um, more or less. How, how, how does one kind of follow the, the helium market? Because it's not a kind of trade on a terminal market. It's very uh, opaque pricing. Um, uh, will you be working your pricing out on a kind of a customer by customer basis? Or is there some kind of uh, broader market that you can uh, correlate yourselves to? Well, look, you know, I'll, I'll give a shout out to, to a friend of mine, to a group that we use, ACAP Energy, uh, with an niche there. Uh, so their, their uh, helium data, I think, is the most credible. Uh, they, they look at the import and export volumes that are coming in and out of uh, countries. So, so that's a very uh, reliable source of information. Uh, we look at that. Uh, now also with there being uh, more listed helium companies out there who need to disclose their contracts, uh, that's another good source of information that previously never really existed. Uh, there is still no spot market out there, but uh, look, it, it is becoming somewhat more transparent. And the other big one is actually that uh, yesterday uh, in, um, in uh, Dallas, there was a, a conference, a helium conference, and that's all to do with the, the sale of the U.S. federal helium system. Uh, so that's being privatized, uh, and that uh, bids are being accepted for that on the 15th of November. Uh, so this, this is a huge thing for pricing because... Uh, the, the, the U.S. federal government has had the largest helium repository in the world, uh, and that really was the flywheel in the system that uh, gave stability to, to world helium. Uh, but now that is being reduced quite dramatically in size. There's about 4 billion cubic feet of helium left. The world uses about 6 billion cubic feet per annum. Um, and now that going into private hands, uh, we may well see that that will also ha have a, an additional shock uh, on the helium price. Uh, and there's no obvious large sources of helium coming online. So it looks like that pricing, as we've seen historically, each quarter it goes up and most likely it's, it's set to continue. Are they selling? Are they going to, of that 4 billion, um, 4 BCF, are they looking to sell it down half of it? Or and it, it, is it... Um, What's the process? Uh, there's two different lots. Uh, one is, uh, I believe, they're selling off. Uh, the first lot is selling off uh, a BCF of helium. Uh, then the uh, the balance would go into the second lot, which also comes with the infrastructure. So that is the uh, yeah the, the helium plant, the pipeline, uh, the producing wells. So it's, it's, it's history for this. What it is, it's a it's a geological um, sort of cavern in the ground, a reservoir. Let's call it. And so what uh, the U.S. government did was when elsewhere they produced natural gas, methane, with that there was a small component of helium, so they would take out the helium and then re-inject it into this reservoir. And so you can imagine with that you've got the, the wealth gathering system there and then a centralized uh, production facility. So it's 
all that infrastructure is up for sale and uh it's it, it, it's it's quite a big thing for the helium industry as i say that was the flywheel and uh now in private hands um there are concerns about where will that helium be allocated you talk about the prices rising every quarter just for for, for background information what was the price a year ago or the the start of the year uh, the price a year ago, so there was uh, an off-take uh, announcement that was uh, released late last year, and that was $450, and then the recent one uh, was 600 For liquid or for gaseous? Uh, it's for gaseous, yes. So from 4 450 last year to 625 this year. Okay, good reference. Coming back to the well, uh, it's going to be 671 meters deep, um, which uh, the last time you spoke, you, t- you told me about kind of a... Kind of a, a, a a volcanic or a kind of an igneous cap of material over the top. How how thick is that? And is the 671st meter is the first meter that pops out underneath, or does it go into the formation below some way? Yeah. So the the, the gas is intercepted in the discovery well at 450, uh, 541 meters depth. Uh, so that's where we anticipate to hit it. Uh, then beyond that. Uh, it hasn't been drilled. So the, the geophysics gives us some idea of what to anticipate, but really we won't know until we drill. So this is the, the, the point. So drilling beyond where the, the gas was uh, previously intercepted to see what is further b- below. Uh, do we then go into, uh, you know, do we continue in that igneous rock? Do we then go into the, the sedimentary units that we know uh, are right next door? Uh, and then to get the better characteristics of the reservoir. So... To be to be answered, I guess you know uh, next when we talk in the the new year, perhaps or at Christmas time, <laughs> yeah. And and the seismics will the, will your uh, will the detail that you've got on the seismic will that be able to give you an indication of when you're into the sediments? Uh, I mean, uh, the, the the oil boys can uh, pick up a lot from the seismic, so hopefully you'll be able to do the same. Yeah, well, we've got a good feel about it. So we're using uh, this uh, ambient noise tomography, so passive seismic. So we have an array of nodes uh, out in the field. Uh, before we started the survey, we, we along with the, the group that provides the survey equipment, uh, we did a, a desktop study. So knowing uh, what the, the, the geology is uh, and, uh, and the, the seismic activity that's nearby, which is quite neat because right near to us we've got the iron ore mine, so lots of blasting there. And uh, so the, the feel was, based on that analysis, is that uh, the quality of data down to 750 metres depth will, will be good. Uh, so I, I think that the answer is yes. I, I think that uh, on the back of that seismic survey we should be able to then start to say what is beneath the, the gas show. Good. And no, we haven't actually spoken about the news release, which you've just put out, which was land acquisition, kind of n- new areas, um, expanding your kind of your the, the lease area. Uh, tell me a little bit about that, please. Yeah, sure. Look, in, in, in this part of the USA, in, in Minnesota, the, the licensing system there is this checkerboard style, so like a, you know, like a chessboard, so lots of small blocks that are there. And so we, when we went and we listed the company, we, we had the, the, the mineral rights for the area where the discovery was and surrounds. Uh, then we've gone out to, to get additional uh, private mineral rights that is within that, uh, say, 10-kilometer uh, radius around that. Uh, so with this uh, additional mineral rights I've just got, that, that certainly uh, gets uh, most of the, uh, the, uh, well, the, the private mineral rights. But then the uh, the balance uh, is held by the government, 
Now, in Minnesota, uh, they don't have legislation yet uh, for, for gaseous uh, substances or, or liquid substances. So there's no history of oil and gas in, in Minnesota. So, uh, so what we've done is in good faith with the government is uh, that, uh, you know, we, we've lent our experience with it and uh, recommendations for, for, uh, for uh, legislation, uh, but also uh, then submitted uh, applications as well. So I'm very pleased that we were able to get this additional land because it is high priority for us. And then the balance will come in due course uh, when, when the government has their legislation in place. So just for clarity, you, you've got the private land, but you've got a, an, an ongoing, ongoing negotiation with the government for the, um, for the state-held land. That's right. So, so, so what makes it important having this additional bit of private land is that uh, that is the one that is currently available to get. So of course, from our point of view, securing it uh, it was very important. Uh, we regard it as very high priority uh, so that no competitors could come in. And then with the state, the state will be when the state is ready. Uh, but uh, we've already uh, submitted an application for that. So I guess in terms of concerns about competitors coming into our area of interest, uh, is is no longer a concern. And what's your um, what's your kind of your area of interest? What's your kind of your geographical uh, circumference you've got? Well, there's there's an area there that's sort of roughly we think it's about twenty square kilometers. Uh, that sort of size that we think is uh, looking. Yeah, very enticing. Uh, that is what we see in the geology. Uh, it's it's what we see. There's this. It's funny like the history of Minnesota. Nobody's gone out looking for for helium uh, until we came along. Uh, but there is a history of a number of drill holes being conducted for for mineral exploration, and they intercepted gas. And uh, the vast majority of those were non-combustible, uh, but never analyzed the helium. So only two wells uh, in history in Minnesota were analyzed for helium. One is the 10.5% that, that we have. Uh, and then the other one is, what, about 160 kilometers away. And that came out with 2% helium. So we think that we're looking at something that's very widespread here. Uh, but uh, yeah, we are focusing in on that immediate area uh, around uh, the well that has uh, flow that 10.5%. The mineral rights are separate from the surface rights. So... Um, surface rights are crucial as well. Yeah, that's right. So with surface rights for, for putting in infrastructure and so on, it's, it's preferential to, to own the surface rights. Uh, so that's something that we've already started to go down the path with. So with the uh, where the discovery uh, well uh, is located, where the appraisal well will be, uh, we've uh, spoken to the surface uh, uh, ownership, uh, the surface rights holder, and uh, we've agreed uh, on terms to acquire that. So that's... Uh, uh, I, I hope it will give our audience uh, sort of a level of comfort that you know we are quite confident uh, about uh, how this next program will go uh, to already go and secure those surface rights uh, in preparation for them, uh, based on success with the appraisal well, to to really move as rapidly as possible uh, to to realise that you know potential production scenario. Are those terms public yet? Uh, the terms of the acquisition, no, they're not. But uh, they've been uh, agreed upon it, and now we're waiting for yeah to be closed, and they will be disclosed. And so that comes into the does that come into the bracket of uh, uh, monies to be spent if you've got a um, if you raise some more on the back of a successful well? Uh, it's, it's something that we're looking to do prior to uh, the well, so it's uh, something that will be happening in the near term. So it's already factored into the uh, the current budget. Okay, good, Thomas. Thank you very much for the update. Um, good luck with the with the spud. 
and uh, um, may your wells blow gaseous. Yeah, look, it's it's a very exciting time. It's really, I can't believe we're in October already, so it's really not very far away. Uh, we've got the the Helium Summit coming up in Houston at the end into the month, so the uh, the gathering of the industry that occurs every two years, and then just after that we'll be drilling, you know, what I think is probably one of the most exciting helium prospects in the USA. So um, it's going to be a busy lead up to Christmas.